this? This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. Tyson here. And we have a special guest today, Kate Brett Goldman, who is the CEO of Cybermaniacs, bringing CyberSec some fun in your workplace. All right, Kate. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for being with us today. Happy to have you on and talk a little bit about CyberSec and then being a uh, leading woman in uh, that particular space. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so how did you get into it? So I, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, I didn't enter, you know, my, my trajectory is not a, a straight one through the technical competencies and hacking and pen testing. I actually um, spent a lot of my time uh, first in business development and sales and account management and, you know, sort of naughties where, you know, the internet was taken off and software as a service was taken off and things were changing really fast. And I think I just kind of got hooked on tech. Um, but I never was like smart enough to be a coder. <laughs> so I think I was kind of got hooked on like the possibilities and, and, and how you can smash different things together and how you can take something that you don't think fits together, but you can tie it together with data and create something entirely new. So I think I spent, you know, a good 20 years of my career doing that. And, um, I came across cybersecurity and I saw a lot of challenges in this space that, that actually kind of fit into what I was trying to solve in IT. And it seemed like a natural um, a natural move across. Although I got to say the more that I'm in this space, the more scared I get. It gets harder to sleep the more you learn. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, now what's interesting to me is I came across uh, CyberSec. I was in the military um, and I did um, RF transmission systems. So, Obviously, some crossover to concept, yeah. cyber side stuff there. And I, you almost had to be uh, like an anti-hacker uh, mentally and also just uh, like simple security, things that people don't even think about. Um, and, I mean, making that, that jump for you, I mean, going from personal development sales and, and seeing those things um, and knowing how tough it is it, or how tough it can be, right, to keep your, your cyber side safe. Um, just based on a little bit of lack of knowledge or a little uh, a little change in in data like how does that how does that affect us at large do you believe well I, I think this is actually going to be a big dare I say existential crisis of our age and mm. you know maybe it's just because we are in a, in a unbelievably rapid uh, technological change, right? This is um, a lot of, you know, fourth industrial revolution kind of talk, but 
you know, I grew up in the 80s. And so, you know, my digital footprint didn't exist when, when I was born. But looking at what it is today and how much has expanded even in the past five years as all of my business services, most of my personal services have moved online. Um, and so and so now it's just a different game. We're, we're in a completely different territory. And so I think people's brains aren't really, we're not engineered as humans to keep up with this. Um, mm -hmm. We're engineered to work in the tribes of 20 and out and, you know, go, uh, go hunt some mammoth together. I don't know. But, you know, you look at trying to actually conceptualize what's going on right now is really hard. So I think people kind of avoid it. It's totally psychologically um, understandable that people are like, yeah, I just don't want to think about it because it's kind of scary. And hacks in the news and people know their data is being breached. They know Facebook is a big, hot garbage dumpster fire right now. Um, right. And yet the actual practical steps that it takes to change that is really hard because it's about behavior and it's about habits. So, you know, I think that people need to get more aware. I think people should um, make this part of their personal education. And, and it's also about helping each other because I think that it's herd immunity. So it's, you know, are you looking after your parents? Are you looking after your kids? Are you teaching your friends different things that you've learned about keeping yourself cyber safe because yeah as you said it's a it's a pretty scary pretty scary time to be out there and if you, you were do, to uh, you said it was going to be scary what what tv show would you compare it to uh is it twilight zone is it black mirror what what do you see that could be coming our way that the people should be looking um, for. Oh man, see, I I like Twilight Zone, but I was one of the people that watched it and then couldn't sleep for like two weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> the suspension of reality, but I think Black Mirror is is phenomenal. So if anyone hasn't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It's freaky, right. a whole different psychological levels, man. But um. I think it's a blend of things. I, I, I tend to look towards the movies of things like Blade Runner and the novels of 1984 and a lot of the stuff that George Orwell wrote. And, um, you know, I, I don't think they're too far off. You know, I, I even think maybe Terminator, you know, looking at robotics mm. and AI, it kind of makes me nervous. They they know something we don't know. Right. And, I mean, when you think about it, because we, we dabble in AI with one of um, our delivery food delivery companies. Um, and what happens is, I mean, you almost don't know uh, how much smarter a machine is than you, than when you put it into action, you are like, and you would have never picked the decision that it made. And then it, it picks the better choice. And you're like, wait, you outsmarted me, but I designed you. Like, that's, it's crazy to think of the direction of that. But what I wanted to highlight was something that sets you apart from most other cybersecurity, um, you know, companies that I've seen is the fact that you bring in a, a puppet element there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, because we wanted to reach the users, we wanted to reach the employees. We sat down and we actually looked at the training. It, it was pretty abysmal. And um, I think anybody who's been in the corporate world before um, or, or been at the front lines of taking corporate training, it's uh, it's just, it's, 
So we really said, if we need people to need to change their behaviors, how can we inspire people or how can we motivate them to positive change? And how could we maybe get people to laugh and learn a little bit more? Because, you know, I think you guys all know employee engagement is it. What's it? It's not all time though. So yeah, we decided to come at it from a from a completely different perspective, and we really said, how could we create training that your employees would actually love to take? And so, and and pump it. So I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that have been tried out there, and I'll, I'm probably going to touch on some taboo things. But there was trying to teach people uh, trades like plumbing and carpentry and uh, you know normal housework by inserting like pornography there's been um trying to like there's been you know trying to teach people about sound um and doing it in association with food so how did you come and say you know what that's going to be the thing that i want to tie into um in order to make this kind of connection for people it, it's really, it's a good question because I don't think it wasn't our first move, right? This is, we're three pivots there. And, and where we started with how do we create something that people love? How do we create something that's sticky and interesting and engaging? And in this day of YouTube digital consumption, do we create something that's tiny and small and nudgy and interesting? So we, we kind of looked at a bunch of mediums. We said, all right. What people like, and then we said, well, from an emotional standpoint, how else can we address it other than you know those ubiquitous pictures of the hackers and the hoodies and the you know, <laughs> all that stuff, the fear and the guilt and the shame and the whatnot? So, so we looked at a bunch of different things. I mean, we looked at and we looked at Seinfeld type of approach, and we looked at two D animation and three D animation, and 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 somewhere towards the end of the list of just brainstorming ideas, we walked around someone had written down puppets and when we got to that team, we went oh yeah oh we have got to try that and so okay. we you know did a typical agile crazy startup approach and we rented some puppets and found some puppeteers and got a green screen studio and filmed a couple things and uh they were terrible they were absolutely <laughs> shocking <laughs> but at the same point, at the same point, when I showed, I showed them just some chief information security officers, and I said, "Look, I know the crap, but imagine what they could be if they were good." Like you see where I'm going with this, and everybody was like, "Whatever this is, we're on board. We love this. Keep developing it. Make it better because this is definitely different." Okay, and now when you, I mean you're doing something different one in the space but then two how do you see um being a woman in charge of cybersecurity in you know and typically in the tech field you see it being male dominated and on top of that typically dominated by white males how do you see you bringing something different to the table like that as well as not being the stereotype of someone in the tech arena how do you see that play out in your company and and the kind of reaction I guess you get you get. I, well, I think right now it's a it's a great time for that, only because people are starting to become more aware 
of the the fair play and 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 be they're on the lookout for new and different ideas, especially in cybersecurity. Right? Um, we know that the the growth of cybercrime and the way that the threats are going right they're coming at us from all angles, and so we really do need diversity of mindsets. We need different approaches. We need people with different backgrounds coming into cyber. And that's male, female, every color, every age, every size, every shape, because we have to start being more creative and thinking about how we can protect ourselves and our companies from this fast moving landscape. But 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 insofar as you know how I how I address it personally look I'm, I think I'm really lucky and I'm really that, um, you know, my mom was an entrepreneur and my dad is an entrepreneur. So growing up, you know, running a business and doing it on your own was never something that was weird, right? So I'm like, oh, it's just what we do. But but also the fact that, you know, um, I've got an older sister and a younger brother and my dad pushed us as girls in a way harder than he pushed my brother. Um, and he made us girls. Because <laughs> at the time, that's where business was done. I don't think it's as done there anymore, but he used to he'd be like, Kate, you got to hit the ball as well as the guys hit it. If you want to be keeping up with them, you do business on the course. And so that was always kind of my philosophy is if you want to, if you want to be hunting with the lions, you got to just keep up with them regardless of, um, regardless of how the landscape changes. So that's just always been my sort of philosophy i guess is, is i just you know try to excel and and okay so pretty much just getting in there and, and being i mean being just as good if not better um and and taking and taking your shot where you find it now it, and i like the fact that your your father taught you that you know what i mean yeah um so that's that speaks volumes to, I mean, the impact, I guess you would say, on, on having that kind of uh, male perspective as much as we sit there and, and we talk about, hey, it may not be fair in some arenas. It's like, well, some people realize it's not, and they're trying to prepare their next generation to say, hey, you you can kind of, you, you have to realize that and you have to kind of push forward through it anyways to make it better for your next generation, right? Um, yeah. And have you found yourself kind of in that kind of, leading position um, for other women in the tech industry and have you kind of shared that message across saying hey we we can push through we can push forward and um i'm not just saying we can but i'm going to show you that we can yeah absolutely and i think that in in the beginning i as much as i'm a new yorker and a bit of a loud mouth you know i didn't want to step forward as someone to be held up as an example and I still kind of shy away from that. I'm like, eh, I don't know, I'm just trying my best. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been in IT for 20 years and so the, you know, looking over a trade show floor or being in training or being in a boardroom, I guess I kind of got used to the, the general makeup of the rooms and it didn't, it didn't really phase me that much. I just felt like I had to do the best I could. But um, but coming to cyber, you know, in the UK, the, the participation of women in cyber is actually only eight percent. It's super low, and um, it used to always be this way. And so, actually, um, the amount of women and other people uh, that have put together a women's hacking group here in London called the 
Ladies of London Hacking Society. Ooh. <laughs> so what we're trying to do is create an organization where we bring women into cyber and we help them gain the technical skills that are so, but can be really learn period because they're complex and it's a really deep industry but also because you know if you're only you know if you're the only woman in there and you don't know as much as any of the other guys know you can also just get turned off and say man it's not worth it i'll go into something else so we're, we're sort of like a book club slash knitting circle with prosecco that happens to have laptops right that's cool that's yeah. cool so, but we're, you know, so, we're already you know, 500 members in London, and I think that that shows there's a real demand for this. Women want to get into this part of the industry. Wow. And and I and you, you touch on something else is the, the the culture shift. You again bring bring up you're you're from New York, but you actually um, reside in London and are based are based in London. Mm-hmm. And so now, how's that culture shift been? Um, you know, being over there, having the company, doing this stuff, and then the relations between U.S. and and London out there. I don't know if the, the Brexit thing is a big talk out there as well. Like, how does that all play in? Because it seems like, you know, a shells game of, uh, you know, bonfires that could possibly pick up. Yeah, it, um, I definitely think that for, for our purposes, Brexit, you know, it, it's probably not are are in the situation. It's it's really unfortunate to be dealing with on on top of all the change and all the other things that you're trying to deal with um, as a startup. The biggest change for me is that you know even even to London and it's an English speaking country. Yeah, I mean it's it's subtle. There's so much just fish and chips and uh, you know marmite and uh, stuff and how people I found over the last 10 years it's been it's been a real adventure and it's been a real pleasure to learn how to um, navigate through through another it's the one the U.S. was based on so you'd think it's the same but was it Oscar Wilde language hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this part, but I have the the mic is getting really bad. Like it was okay in the beginning, but now it's like cutting you out like every other word. Yeah, should I try to? I was trying to dial in on my phone. Let me see. Should I try to dial okay. in? From the computer, maybe. See if we can get that on track with that. Because you're giving some good stuff, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh. <laughs> no, no. Uh, um. Yeah, it doesn't like that I'm calling in internationally. Hmm.
one. Okay, is that better? Okay, is that better? Oh. Okay, yeah, just cut off the phone.
you know, more secure, then that will also bleed over into your organization, and then they'll help you keep your company safe too. So that's why we think it's all about behavior and helping people do this. Because the scary stat is actually this. 80 to 90% of these major cyber breaches that happen have a human cause at the root. Right. Someone had to do something. Someone had to leave a password open. Someone had to click on a link in a phishing email. Somebody had to um, have their credentials stolen because they reused their password for more than one site. Those are the kind of things that actually bring companies down today. So I think this is the kind of thing that we're trying to tackle, saying we really need to address that. I, there's only so much you can do to protect every government asset and the mm -hmm. larger scale things, we have to start with those small steps and just taking responsibility to do the basics because the basics actually get you pretty far. Right. I mean, and you bring up uh, something that we always talk about, which is there's there's going to be human error in anything. And mm. and so, I mean, again, what makes AI scary, though, is the fact that they can outsmart us. But we have to start kind of smartening up in a way ourselves. And now what are some simple steps? And you mentioned some things that can kind of get you caught up, like having the same password, um, you know, for something else as this, and then that data gets breached and now they have a password that they can try elsewhere. Um, what are some yeah. things that people can do to kind of uh, protect themselves on, you know, the everyday level? Yeah, I think the everyday level, the first thing is password security. So making sure that you do not reuse passwords across sites um, and making sure that your passwords are strong. Now, I have seen people take this to the extreme and they're doing like 50 character randomized super complex <laughs> passwords and that's great. Those are very hard to memorize. So you can also think about using something like a password manager. So that's that's like number one. Go spend a month cleaning up your passwords. Most people have like 90 accounts online. But it only takes one breach for them to then get into your whole life, right? If you're doing that, and don't think that they're not reselling these things on the dark web because that's actually the whole point. The, the second thing I would suggest for people to do is to turn on two-factor authentication. So it's also called MFA or multi-factor authentication, and it's on most of your banking. It's on most of your social media sites. It's slightly annoying. But again, it's just that extra level that either you're using a token or you're using your phone. It just makes it a little bit harder to get in. And I would say the, the third thing that everybody can do, um, other than just passwords and authentication, right, is to, um, to make sure they've got antivirus running on all your devices. So you should have one on your smartphone as well. Ah, okay. Uh, normally because people over, overlook that. Like, yeah, because there's actually a lot of fake apps on the Google Store and even on places like Play and all over the web. People just download an app and they don't realize that that app is actually either a fake app or it's stealing your credentials or, you know, it's taking all your GPS data and sending it to other people. So so that's the kind of thing. So, so that's all the things to be aware of. Make sure what you're downloading is legit. What what um cybersecurity because I have Bitdefender on my phone, uh, but mm -hmm. which ones do you find to be you know the most reliable? And I don't know one's giving you a check, so but you know to, to, to let people know because somebody will download sometimes the first thing that they see, and so which yeah. ones would you recommend? 
So I think any of the top commercial antiviruses are pretty much the same. The Nortons, the McAfee's, the Bit Defenders, the Malware Bites, all that stuff's pretty good. Um, you just don't want to, like, if you go read a couple of blogs and you check them all out, and you're on PC Magazine or some of these bigger websites, then you're pretty safe. Um, you just don't want to go for, you know, super free, super free, super free, and expect it to be mm-hmm. free because nothing, nothing's free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got a good page to say, get the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> would you say anyone's safer? I'm a big private server Synology fan. Are people safer having their own server? Are they more more vulnerable? What What are your thoughts on that? Well, see, I think that just depends on what you're doing on that server, right? And this is where companies are getting a little bit smarter. GDPR certainly forced a lot of companies here to better understand and classify their data and information. So I think this is something that has been a heavily ignored problem in IT for ever. <laughs> like, who owns the data? And IT's like, you own the data. And the business is like, IT owns the data. And now the hackers are like, we own the data. So. Um, that's kind of the problem is you have to determine what you actually have and what's valuable and what's proprietary and what is confidential and then who should have access to that and then how many levels of security do you wrap around each layer of the data because people also need to use the data and information to make business decisions and to sometimes create products and move things around. So companies need to be a lot more aware of, they need to be much more active in, they need to design better processes and controls around the stuff they actually have, and that's the data. So it's like, I don't know if it's the server that's really, because again, most of these things don't happen because of hard hacks, they happen because of soft right. hacks. Hackers know it's easier to hack a human than a server. So you can protect that server and you can VPN and you can encrypt and you can wrap it in everything and throw it in the Faraday cage. But if someone clicks the phishing link, they might have access to it. Right. So I guess in in that regard, I mean, would you say we would look at if a a bigger company, let's just say you you don't host your your server privately, has more Mm. points of access for weakness then. But if you have Mm. a private server, it's probably like, you and maybe your significant other that probably has some form um, of access to it, right? So you just, I guess you just lessen the number of doors on the house that way. Um, yeah, by and that's kind of the perimeter, and this is, yeah, and I think that that's, yeah. you know, like, look, I can, we can, we can have a whole other chat with this. I'll bring in one of my pen testers <laughs> and he can tell you how he would break into it, and that would be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to profess my, my, my expertise around hacking. I'm yeah. just starting to figure out how some of this stuff works. But I do know that um, it, it, it the cloud is secure. It can be secure. But most of the problem with cloud breaches is configuration errors. Do you just, you know, it's a question of do you know enough when you're setting it up? And do you right. trust the admins? And do you audit and do you bring in a security expert occasionally to do a sweep and to tell you where your back door might be open? Right. So line so up your ports, people. One, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if it's one server, that's pretty easy to audit. But you're talking about these global enterprises. They'll have hundreds of thousands of servers running. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of doors. That's a lot of doors. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so now, what is the what's the what's the next big move for CyberSec with Cybermaniacs? Well, we're just a startup, so I think our, our the beginning plans for world domination are um, to to really break into the small to mid sized market. We really feel passionately about helping other small businesses stay cyber secure. Um, partly that's because that's where the market opportunity is. To tell you the truth, over 50% of large companies have some sort of security awareness training slash program in place, but that drops down to 25% at the small to mid sized level. And what our surveys and our uh, market research is showing us and the people that we're talking to is they consider like Sally from the front desk giving you one PowerPoint presentation on phishing to be quote unquote training. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, yeah, that doesn't cover much, does it? When we've got to cover, you know, like malware and phishing and social engineering and passwords and, you know, persistent threats and all these different things that are going on. It's like this needs to be looked at like a continual kind of drip fed program of learning um, for companies. So that's where we're starting. We're starting with small to mid size. We, we don't really target any specific industry because I think this is sort of like soap. Everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. Um, right. and, and we're okay. basically trying to deliver something that is, I don't know, like ever changing. Like we're very, I don't want to say like pop culture because that makes us sound cooler than we are because it still is cybersecurity, <laughs> but it's, you know, but like we're trying to take the moments of the day or we're trying to take the seasons or the holidays or whatever it is. And we're trying to slap a funny cybersecurity message on it and turn it around and get it back out the door and sort of that, that irreverent meme culture kind of thing that's going mm -hmm. on right now and so we're trying to get these messages in front of your employees in almost any way we can hence the name maniac mm -hmm. so it's like if i need to go pirates or ninjas i will go there yeah well, then i think you might have to go um old town road a little not a little nas x um Ooh. billy ray cyrus uh you might have Ooh. to check that one out um right there that song is burning up it's number one in uh on the billboards and all that and there's a big controversy around it on whether or not it's country music or trap music because it was removed from the country billboard charts um, but then again went on to top out the regular billboard so um you might want to see a, a a cowboy uh version of uh cyber security there <laughs> that uh that plays on old town road there's a lot of there's well, not a lot but there's a few good parodies out there so far so <laughs> I will have to send you guys, I'll have to send you guys some of our songs, because actually one of the yes. things we do, because I feel like my inner Weird Al Yankovic comes out, but um, oh, yes. one, one of the things we do is we know that songs, repetition, melody, mnemonics, those kind of things aid in mm -hmm. keeping sticky messages and a good hook, you know, like get people to sing mm -hmm. it. And so once a month we release a new song, the puppets sing it, obvs. But, um, you know, yeah. uh, it's like forward and delete. And we <laughs> we have a couple mm -hmm. stupid ones coming out. We've got a doo-wop about fishing. And then we've got um, okay. one's a ragtime song. And then one is a, a kind of like, I'd say it's like a Harry Belly Fonte kind of thing. And then okay. we've also got a Pat Benatar 80s hairband tribute coming out called Log Out of Your Laptop. So, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm here for all of that. I might might need to talk to you about some distribution then, uh, <laughs> um, because uh, hey, maybe that that should be on some streaming platform. Let's put together a Cyber Maniacs uh, album That's or it. compilation. See, and uh, but you remember that. it. That's... It's like you know, it's like log out of your laptop. 
when the yep. bathroom mm-hmm. calls you. Right? You just you can't help it. Oh wow. Okay. I see you picked the melody there. Mm-hmm. She's just oh, not slightly, excited. Slightly. She's also a talent. Oh, no, never. <laughs> so we know we know the next big step is you're gonna dominate the the pop charts. You might see that coming out. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Well, if Weird Al can do it, anyone can. Anyone can, right? Exactly. Sky's the limit there. So, no. So that's interesting. So small to mid, um, using um, music as to kind of hook and educate and keep it in people's minds at the same time. And then, now, what is it? What is it like when you come in? And do you actually come in and and do the the puppets live, or is it just through video? So we do both. Um, we we so most of the training we provide is on a cloud-based learning platform, and so people just sign up to a subscription, and then they can just have a way at it, and it's relatively plug and play slash stupid proof because we wanted to bake this into a path that everyone could follow. Um, but we we started to go to events and stuff and we started to do trade shows and a bunch of other things. And I think I kind of discounted the total geek out factor that exists with puppets um, yeah. because yeah, now we kind of avenue queue around. And so we'll have the puppeteers and we'll have the puppets and we'll be on site and we'll make funny jokes and videos with people. And so, yeah, people are bringing us on site to, uh, create custom videos and interview their staff and to basically puppet around their office. And then we kind of mm-hmm. recut that as a video and we kind of give it back to them so they can always reinforce that. Um, and just bring a, bring a smile to people's faces. That's not what you expect coming out of the elevator, right? Right. Exactly. Cybersec with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it sounds like that. I like that tagline. Yeah. I like it. Hey, you know, I am I am in marketing and branding, so you know that is that is the forte there. Now, what I do like is that when you're talking about this, uh, I can really hear that it like you seem like you have fun with it and that you're really passionate about it, and and I, I have to respect that um, regardless of anything else that. Uh, that people can can think of that you have passion and that you you enjoy what you're doing like i can tell like you're smiling when you say certain things you know what i mean um well and, and i think that, 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 you, that brings me you know, joy as, <laughs> and as a as a business owner i've got i've got a great team right so mm. that that's been that's been the most fun for me is that my ideas are usually half-baked and relatively decent um but <laughs> but when i hand them off to my creative team and we've got people who work with Saturday Night live and second city and the bbc nice. and you know britain's got talent and the late show with david letterman so it's like we got a we got a whole range of creative talent that we're working with and you know they'll send me stuff on on our trello boards they'll put ideas up there and of like memes and graphics and ads and different ways that we should be explaining these topics and usually i end up spitting out my coffee and laughter at one point during mm-hmm. review because it's nice. just they come up with crazy stuff i'm like stop it we can, okay we could do that why not we could use a banana yeah. go for it exactly go for it <laughs> and so do you give them you you kind of give that creative license then and you kind of just go hey if you guys believe in this yeah i'm gonna i may look at it but you kind of give them that that yellow green light (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a it's a collaborative process, right? And that's 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 good creativity, right? So one of us will come up with a stupid idea, or we'll have an incident that we need to make fun of, or someone will say, "Hey, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Let's make fun of it." Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that we then kind of blend what's going on in the cyber world that um, our end users and the employees actually need to be aware of. Like, is it phishing? Is it malware? Ransomware, for instance, was really big last year. Kind of petering out this year. So. I don't want to throw a bunch of jokes and memes and songs at your employees about ransomware if they're not actually going to see it. So we kind of take this blended approach and we whack things around and then people kind of run off and do stuff. And, you know, it can be with the puppets. It can be in a different genre. I really don't care as long as the the message is snappy and it will get across. And so um, we're having, we're having a lot of fun with it. So we've been actually like airbrushing the puppets' faces into movie posters and uh, oh, and like co-opting different. St- yeah, it's wrong. It's all kinds of wrong. Nice. I don't, it's, um, no, I like people it. recognize it right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, I'm interested to see if you guys are gonna have something for Endgame coming out um, with uh, the Avengers. Um, Avengers Endgame is a big deal blowout. So. Uh, That'd be cool if uh, yeah, we, you guys could do yeah, something like that. We had a little we had a little Shazam thing going on and, and we are kind of like we you know, we kinda of love Game of Thrones, so there's a lot of analogies okay. you can do with cybersecurity between dragons and winter is coming <laughs> and the you know, the, the ice king. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's got cyber all over it. They're the hackers. Mm-hmm. We're the good guys, see? This is easy. So exactly. we've got, uh, we've got a lot of a lot of stupid stuff coming out for that. Awesome. And um I'd like to ask um, before we kind of wrap a little bit um, is one, Kellen, do you have anything that you want to go ahead and uh, plug in there and ask? The last thing is just a simple debate that a group of um, friends um, who are just tech nerds, we always have this debate, who's one of the most famous hackers and first to market. And of course, everyone says, you know, Kevin Mitnick or whatever, but I believe that it was Dr. Claw. I just want to know your opinion. Um, Because to me, Dr. Claw was the first one on a computer uh, typing in the systems and breaking. Who are some of the hackers that you, you know, maybe grew up watching saying, hey, I want to catch someone like this that inspired, uh, you know, your, your journey? You know, it's funny. I don't have one. Um, I don't, I, and I think coming at it from a non-hacking background, from a non-technical background, um, you know, I, I'm just starting to learn some of those stories now. I'm just, you know, diving into the books about how all this stuff got started. So so for me, um, there's a lot of people I'm looking at right now who I see as leading lights in the field. Um, you know, if you look at like Bill Buchanan out of University of Edinburgh and the stuff he's doing around cryptography, it's like, it's just mind bending and amazing. And so, you know, I'm sort of, I don't, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. I don't have like a famous no. favorite hacker type. Maybe okay. like the, what, the hamburger. No. Hey, that's an honor. Ham- the hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I have another the one for you. The original hacker. Yeah, yeah, before you leave us, we as a podcast and just as a group, we're, um, you know, we've gotten into the Forex as a company, and we want to know your thoughts on the whole Forex and cryptocurrency because, you know, a lot of people get uh, their currencies stolen 
Um, usually it's after they start bragging on YouTube, but um, <laughs> how much they have. But yeah, talk about that um, before Tyson uh, asks his, uh, his final question, please. Yeah, I think, you know, look, the, I think that the winter is coming, and I think all of us need to be really um, minding our own stores, so to speak, in, in terms of what might happen. Um, we're definitely due for a market correction. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But, you know, everyone's talking about the fact that this won't go on forever. Now, when you add in Bitcoin to that and some of the cryptos, it's, you know, it's really interesting because there is sort of that sliver of hope that says maybe this will be a new way and maybe this will get us out of some of the, the, the market challenges we're having in terms of being tied or untied to to different areas of debt. But I also think that, man, it's not entirely secure just yet. So so I haven't mm. dipped my toes into it. I don't really know how far I want to go into it at this point. I'm watching from the sidelines being like, interesting. If I'm a B player, maybe I'll still make a little. Mm. I might not make, right. you know, I might not make the gains that, that the first movers are making. But, you know, blockchain and ledgers are not entirely secure. People are like, oh, it's blockchain. It'll be totally secure. It's like, well, not actually not entirely true. Mm -hmm. There's a whole first past the post logic that exists in blockchain ledgers. And, and Lord knows we've seen enough wallets and crypto get stolen. So, so I don't know. Right. I don't really have a favorite horse to back in that scenario. I just think from a overarching perspective, you know, like any good investment strategy, diversify. Mm. And I like that because, you know, of course, diversified game. Here we are. Right. There you go. <laughs> So my my last thing is with uh, the strides that you're making as a startup company, and although uh, even when we're at our highest, we could probably be a multi-billion dollar company and we still would strive for more because it seems like that's just the type of people uh, that step out on limbs and, and start businesses and have vision. Um, mm. What would you want to support as a philanthropic effort or what are you currently supporting as a philanthropic effort um, to make the world and the community a better place. So I've got, so the ladies of hacking definitely. And I think if anyone is in London or in the UK and wants to check us out, we're LLHS.com. And we are planning to start um, putting chapters into the US and it's very much community led. So that's getting women to learn the technical skills around hacking and cybersecurity. And we basically go through the kill chain and it's a lot of fun. Um, but the second thing um, that I'm really glad you asked this question that I'm very interested in and, and trying, thinking, figuring out how to get something else off the ground as if I didn't have enough to do already, <laughs> um, but is, is helping women invest and helping women, especially in the angel stage of, um, of funding, give funding to other women. Um, so it's sort of like if you look at the percentage of uh, women-owned startups in the U.S., it's relatively low. If you go into like technology startups, it's even lower. You go into cyber, there's like me and three other ladies. <laughs> I think that um, what I'd like to see is actually um, some of that, you know, it's like I see a lot of venture capital starting to bring on women investors, starting to give them a seat at the table. That's great. And I'm like, that takes too long. And venture capital is all sharks. How do we get to that micro level? How do we get down to the community level? How do we get into women who aren't necessarily uber wealthy, uber rich, but might want to take 10 grand, 20 grand and invest in other women started, women founded companies? How do we 
create a platform around that so that they can get some equity in the game, right? They might not have um, the financial means or the drive to be a, a founder, but maybe they want to participate in this startup, in this entrepreneurial space in a different way. And so um, I've been rounding up a bunch of ladies that I know to figure out how we might be able to address this, but but that might be 2020 for me. I think it's, um, I think it's really important to get in early and to mm -hmm. figure out how to invest in, in not just the stock market, but, but in people you believe in. Uh, I, hey, one of our biggest commodities, um, well, our biggest commodity is people, right? Yeah. Um, none, of this, uh, none of this actually moves without human-to-human -human interaction um, as much as we try to pass off AI. Someone had to create it. So, um, no, I like, I like that. And, and that's right on in the women's power department. I'm with that. I'm cool with that. Um, I feel like everyone should be making strides um, that help their community. Um, and so before we go, where can everyone find you? Um, and just uh, some couple of closeout words and, and we're out. Yeah, cool. So we, um, the website's thecybermaniac.com. And I encourage everybody to follow us on Twitter and Instagram because we tend to put out a lot of good content and a lot of tips. So it'll just kind of help you in your feed remind yourself of all the great things you need to do. So we're at the Cyber Maniac on almost every platform. Um, and then finally, I'm on Twitter and my handle is terrible. It's uh, Rocket KBG. And I apologize, but that's all I could come up with. <laughs> my That's son hilarious. really likes like my son's favorite book is the the way back home you know it's like a little book about okay. a boy and a martian and and they try to get off the moon and so that's where i was at the day that day okay, uh, okay. that makes that makes <laughs> yeah. sense I'm, I'm glad you had a cute story but it also made me think of like kgb like uh or well actually i flipped it around like the k uh kb uh, yeah. like the, the government the government side and then rocket i was like oh gosh <laughs> you're like oh wow i didn't even think about that I'm like yeah I'm yeah, yeah. looks like international yep, woman yep. of mystery what can i say there you go exactly so <laughs> i just want to say thank you for coming on oh, um you definitely thanks, you've made us made us laugh i could hear the joy and um, I look forward to seeing more from uh, Cyber Maniacs and look forward to hearing more from you. Um, so take care and thank you so much. Thank you guys. That was awesome. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgame.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and are like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and AL. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.